so Enneagram nines are titled the peacemaker. Um, nines tend to be easygoing, agreeable, uh, go with the flow, whatever you want to call it, um, just kind of elastic and are comfortable in most every situation, um, at least enough just to let it be what it will be. Um, nines are reassuring towards other people about who they are and their thoughts and feelings and opinions. Nines are like, yes, who you are is okay. Like I, I, see, I see your, I see this side of you, and I'm with it. Like I, I like it. Um, nines are often creative and optimistic, optimistic to a fault of always wanting to find the silver lining in things because. That'll make us feel better, right? If we can find something good in it, then it's not all terrible, and then I don't have to actually address negative things in myself and in the world. Um, so it's it's a double-edged sword of this optimism we bring, but uh, we have the tendency to simplify problems, right? We want we want easy solutions to everything, then we don't have to do the work, then everybody's happy, I feel at peace, and so I'm good. We're good to go. Uh, but with that is this, we heard it in so far a lot, but this key aspect of avoiding or resisting negative things. Um, nines often, I mentioned it in the interview, but nines misidentify as other numbers a lot. A lot of times nines will be like, yeah, I think I'm a five, or I think I'm a seven, or I think I'm a two, and they'll just like go around the circle and be like, yeah, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. Um, but it's because nines naturally can just, they hear something or see something personality-wise, and they're like, yeah, I get that. I get that way of thinking. Like, that makes sense to me. Um, well, other numbers tend to be like, I think in this way, um, more, some more than others, but I think in this way, and this is how I see the world. Nines want to see every single aspect so that we can see it all come together. And in doing that, um, we neglect ourselves and neglect um, what our personality and person really is. So I found this helpful quote that says, uh, being an individual who must assert themselves against others is terrifying for nines. They would rather melt into someone else or follow in their daydreams. So instead of nines really being themselves and asserting who they are and their desires and wants, they just simply, again, will go along with whatever. We also have the tendency to daydream a lot. We like, um, that's comforting. So we like to live in that, in that space. Oh, wrong way. So the motivations and desires of nines, the basic fear is of loss and separation. And the way that we make sure that we don't have loss and separation is by anytime there's tension in a relationship or there's tension in something, um, we ignore it or we, like I said, simplify it. Just easy solution, make it okay, and then go along with it. Um, I had a friend in Divinity School that I'm no longer friends with, um, and uh, a lot of it was because... Uh, there was some drama or conflict in our friend group, um, but then I just ignored it and didn't make the effort to do anything about it. Um, and then we like got coffee like a month later and she was essentially like, I just feel like you're not putting anything into this. I feel like you're, 
You're not wanting to address what's here. You're just wanting us to be friends because we used to be friends, and that's it. And never address the problem. Even after that, when she called me out, we never talked about it more. Um, and we're no longer friends because uh, a lot of because of the way that I approached it and didn't do anything about it. Um, this fear comes from the desire of an inner peace of mind, right? Like I just want to, f- I want to feel okay. I want to run away from everything, um, and in doing that, I discount my needs. I discount um, who I am, and I focus on this optimism, silver lining, um, because everything will be okay eventually, right? It will be okay. In times of stress and growth, uh, nines go to a six in stress, so they tend to act more like sixes um, in stressful times. We can become anxious or worried like an unhealthy six, but we also have the choice to say, I want to, when I see myself in this unhealthy space as a six, um, anxious about things, I can act out as a healthy six. I can actually analyze the situation be loyal and engage with it in a healthy way. Um, That's a choice that isn't easy, but it's still a choice that we can make. In times of growth, um, nines move to threes. So for me, this this part has been really helpful for me to figure out if I'm in a healthy space or not. And if I am fully, so threes are titled the achiever. Um, They're people, go-getters, people who do a lot, people to achieve, um, but if I find myself um, feeling like I'm actually getting things done, nines have this energy problem. Often, we have very limited energy throughout the day, and uh, once it's spent, pretty like done with the world. Um, and I was listening to one podcast that said, like big leaders have problems being if they're an enneagram nine because they always have to be on and nines like space to fall back into our head and daydream. Um, and so that that's like energizing, but it's also can be really unhealthy. But if I am energetic and I feel like I am doing things well, I'm achieving, um, I'm, if, I'm, if I have a list and I'm checking things off, I usually realize I'm in a healthy space because threes are really brilliant at that. And that's something that nines need to learn to do. So the wings for the nines, uh, as we always talk about, wings are the two numbers next to you. Uh, a wing one, so a dominant nine, wing one. Uh, this person, I've seen it titled the referee or negotiator. I don't know how helpful that is, um, but I also ref soccer sometimes, so it's kind of funny. Um, these people tend to seek out more routine. Ones like routines and structure organizations uh, and uh, nines with a one wing tend to do that. They also like ones, uh, they take on the one in the sense that nines with the one wing will want to have behaviors that are generally accepted in society. Uh, they feel like it's their duty, right? Like ones have this really strong sense of duty um, and goodness and rightness, and nines with the one wing uh, feel like it's their duty to act. Um, a bit better, I guess. That's not the right way to say it. Better is not a good word. But that is in contrast to a nine with an eight wing. So this uh, person 
uh, is more okay with acting against what is expected. They're also, with an eight-wing, tend to have this... <laughs> Drew's laughing, and it is, it is wonderful. Um, they tend to have this aura of strength that eights bring, and uh, nines with eight wings tend to have a little more energy. Like we talked about, eights bring a really powerful energy to the world, and uh, so having tapping into that eight wing is really helpful for nines to be able to uh, bring bring that to the world. So a couple of famous people and characters. I didn't update it on my sheet, so I'm gonna have to read it off here. Um, Whoopi Goldberg. Morgan Freeman, Zoe Deschanel, again, who they are in real life, not necessarily who they play as characters. Um, and uh, fictional characters, Mr. Rogers is kind of fictional, kind of not, um, so he's a both end. Uh, Homer Simpson, <laughs> uh, Bruce Banner, before he becomes the Hulk, obviously. When he's the Hulk, it's a totally different thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what, yeah, it's dangerous. And Winnie the Pooh, um, so uh, also it's not on here, but Nick Miller from New Girl, if you haven't watched it, you should. Nick Miller for sure. So at their best, uh, nines bring people together. Uh, they heal conflict. They see all sides and find a way to bring it together. I like the word that, um, I'm not forgetting his name, Russ Hudson in that teaching video says, like, flow, right? Nine, nines like to bring this flow and peace to life, and it can be really contagious. It can be welcoming. It can be accepting. And healthy nines at their best remember that the only way through, the only way out Sorry, the only way out is through. Um, so instead of trying to go around, the only way to get out is to go through it and to not avoid everything. But at their worst, uh, nines tend to dissociate from life, become numb to everything, right? Just completely numb and block any feeling and hard thing out. Nothing affects them in a negative way um, and become super neglectful and also nines there's just like underlying anger and that tends to burst at random times and at their worst that isn't addressed and it hurts people when it bursts um so nines are great and terrible um <laughs> at the same time so. This morning, our scripture um, is, uh, which I forgot to obviously bring something to read it off of. So I'm going to read it off the screen. But I did get the um, uh, where it's at in scripture, which has been a challenge for me during this series. We're at Matthew 25, um, and uh, it's verses um, 14 through 30. I did get that part wrong. Um, this is from um, the message. It's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He calls his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000. To another, 2000 To a third one, 1000 depending on their abilities. Then he left, 
Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same, but the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commanded him, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2,000 showed how he had also doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest this sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this plate safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. It's a little intense. <laughs> We love our nines. They make us feel like there's space for us. They will give in just to keep the peace and avoid the conflict. Type nines are empathetic, easygoing, and peaceful. Type nines are conscientious, adaptable, selfless, and likely the most likable person you know. I mean, who wouldn't want to be described that way? Um, but is it all it's cracked up to be? They have come to believe that the best way to keep the peace was to minimize their own presence. They absorbed the idea that if they were to speak up and ask for what they need, then they would just be creating more problems. This can lead to a lifetime of learning to merge their desires with the needs of the room, a practice that ultimately makes type nines quite likable, but also deep uh, disconnected from a deep understanding of, of who they really are and what they want. Sarah Jane Case in The Honest Enneagram says, it's hard but important work finding who they truly are outside of the world around them. Many type nines have spent their entire lives doing everything they can, everything they can to make the world around them work more smoothly. Bending, swaying, not interjecting, and asking questions, all in service of keeping peace in their environment. One of the main reasons this happens is because the type nine craves peace of mind themselves. And when there's conflict in the environment, there is less ability for them to maintain their own personal peace of mind. Type nines value comfort and ease. The truth is, you were not created to make everyone happy. I once saw a meme that said, you can't make everyone happy, you're not Nutella. It's not possible. While we appreciate the way that you do the important work of creating space for us, 
we want you to take up space. We want you to know that it's not just your job to please everyone. We see that in this passage of scripture. The third servant probably agonized over what to do with what he'd been given. He did not want to upset his master because he knew he was a hard man, an angry man at times. He didn't want to get anyone else involved, and so he just buried what he'd been given. He hid it away for fear of upsetting his boss in any way. Keeping the peace even clouded his judgment that would have said, well, I could at least put this in the bank, and it would have earned a little bit of interest there. No, the peace was more important than making the most of the gift. I've heard a lot of interpretations of this scripture passage, um, some really culturally fascinating ones. Um, But the beautiful thing about a parable is that it continues to speak to us in different ways today. Not that we can just make it mean whatever we want to, but I think when I have pondered over what to share um, for our Enneagram 9s, what what do we find in Scripture? What does God say? Um, This passage just kept coming back to me. Do not shrink in order to create more space for others. There's enough space here for all of us. Don't hold on to the belief that it's your job or even that you can make everyone happy or at peace. It doesn't take us long diving into scripture to find the truth that everyone in scripture had a group of people that did not like them. Noah, Esther, Moses, every single one of the prophets, David and John the Baptist, Jesus, the list could just keep on going. In fact, every time someone in scripture tries to keep the peace just to make everyone happy, it goes wrong. Enneagram nines are often called lazy in the writings about them. I would never say that, but there's a lot out there that uses that term. And I do feel like it's it's too harsh of a word because as Sarah Jane Case also says, you're spending all day every day, hyper aware of the needs and emotional temperatures of other people. You see someone suddenly alter their facial expression and you go grab them a chair. Someone asks you how you feel about the restaurant across the street and you go to great lengths to give the most diplomatic answer you can. You are expending far more energy than the average person just to exist as you are. How exhausting. You were made to exist for more than just seeing the way that everyone else does. Your opinion matters. We need your insight. We need you to engage for you. We need you to feel that it's worth the risk to share what you're thinking and feeling. You don't just exist to make everyone feel better. Type nines have this great ability to see all of the perspectives, to see where all of the other opinions come from. And so they have trouble finding their own voice, their own opinion and what really matters to them. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You were created uniquely to be you. We need you to show up in the world, to take up space and have opinions because there is no one else here just like you. 
Even identical twins that have the same DNA are, are different because they can have different experiences um, that alters their genes and the way they're expressed even before they're born. You've been given a set of experiences, gifts, and personality traits that the world needs. Years ago, I did a training for another personality type, Strength Finders. Um, over 30 years, uh, the Barna Research Group, which is known in the business as being one of the best um, for any kind of research, they did tests over 30 years worldwide and narrowed down strengths that kept appearing again and again into 33 areas of strengths. When you take the test, they give you your top five strengths out of the 33 in the order of their greatest, uh, from greatest to least in your, uh, how you express what those, your strengths are. I think you know what I'm trying to say. Um, the fascinating thing that I took from that though, only one in 33 million people you meet will have the same combination of those five top strengths that you have in the order that you have them. We're talking just a list of 35. In the world at any given time, only one in 33 million people have the same five strengths in the same order. Only one in 275,000 that you meet will have the same top five strengths as you regardless of order. We were created with a specific way of seeing and understanding the world. It may feel like you are making things run smoothly, making them easier for everyone, but, but really, you're just making us all miss out on you. You are keeping us from getting to know the real you, the one that's unique and created for a purpose to be in this world at this time. Life is really worth engaging. It is worth taking the energy and the challenge with your talents. You were given them for a reason. There's something missing in this world if you're not using all of your talents and your unique perspective on the world. Knowing what you can control and, and what isn't yours to worry about can be an extremely relaxing move to make. The end of the scripture about the talents and the servants, it, it ends harshly, doesn't it? Especially in this version of the message. But I liked the way the rest of it was worded and so decided to settle on it. But none of the versions have a, a happy ending to this, uh, this parable. I think it's harsh, though, for a reason. It jolts us out of complacency to see a different perspective. It jolts us when more than anything we want is to just stay comfortable to keep the peace, to keep everyone else happy, to not make anyone mad, to just blend into the background. It's then that we need to be jolted. Just when we're starting to side with this poor person who was so nervous about keeping the peace, he buried his talent so nothing would happen to it, so that it would be safe, so that he would not disappoint by risking too much, so that he had nothing to fear because he knew where it was and he was in control of it at all times, we're jolted to realize that ultimate safety is not the best. Keeping everyone happy is not the best. We are made unique given an opportunity at this life, at this time and place, for a reason, for purposes great and small. French philosopher Jean-Paul Chartres, I'm probably butchering that name, but 
I'm giving it a go. He's quoted as saying, to know what life is worth, you have to risk it once in a while. Really, living life is worth the risk. Psalm 139 says, for you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are God's handiwork, made for a holy purpose. What will you do with that gift today? Who am I to say?